Hey, welcome to Care and the Load podcast. We are so excited to have Fabian Brown with us today. I am just, this man intrigues me. Um, we met, a, what, it's less than a month ago, and he has taught me so much in this past month about how to be a mentor, about how to help and how to be a leader and not be afraid to, you know, give that secret sauce away. But he's helped me figure out what I've actually wanted to do and how to do it and how to do it better and to become um, a better person, really, honestly. And so, Fabian, thank you. But thank I you. just want Fabian to take a second and introduce himself. Oh, so, Fabian, oh, go ahead. Pressure's on. Um, well, thanks for that. I really appreciate one for you just um, – I'm just humbled – for you to think of me and consider me to have you know me on your show um i know you're getting a lot of significant people with some amazing stories so i just will thank you for uh, including me on on that list um well, thank you yeah i mean you know listen um i used to say hey i'm nobody special until i think i said that one too many times and then someone really called me out on that and um you know, I, I listen. I am. I'm 40 years old. Okay. Um, I'm. I'm married uh, with 10 children. Uh, we have three sets. Okay, of Okay, hold on. 10 children, people. <laughs> <laughs> and he's 40. Yes, yes, yes. All with the same woman. For all you jokesters out there, because sometimes that comes up in different conversations. Um, all with the same bride, and um, you know, in addition to the kids, um, you know, I have. I, I run a 20 year old record label. Um, I have a 10 year old nonprofit that I run and organize. I have, um, you know, an online business that I've been running for eight years. Um, I had a 15 year tenure as a teacher. Um, you know, I can probably keep going down the list. You know, I'm opening up a, a, a brewery in 2020. We broke ground on that. Um, you know, listen, I'm, I'm a, I'm a productive individual. But at the backbone of it, all, all of that really kind of just wrapped around in people asking me for help and then me not being able to say no. That's really, that's really my story, Annette, to be quite honest with you. People ask me for help and I just don't know how to say no. And um, sometimes that evolves into just amazing things, amazing projects, amazing opportunities, uh, amazing experiences. And you know, that's, that's, my, that's my short story, I guess. That short story is amazing and the more i have gotten to know you each of these little tidbits along the way just add to what i look at this resume of fabian brown and quite quite the guy um i really honestly just wish i had an entire day or two just <laughs> to sit and chat you know no business right just chat to get to know you at that deeper personal level and so i appreciate it. and what an incredible bride you you do have and that she she is there to support you and in, in these dreams and and let you fly and, and you're there to support her which has been kind of amazing so let's go back to that story you were young you were a young man your dad encouraged you to purchase a home right i was um I went to University of the Arts, University of the Arts in Philadelphia. I was studying jazz saxophone. I'm a, I'm a musician, right? I'm a, I'm a performer. I, you know, um, 
I just, I even knew at an early age, not to put all those eggs in the performing basket, just by looking at some of my older peers and friends and whatnot. Um, but it was my junior year of college where my dad got into real estate. And I remember him saying, you know, son, you should buy a house. I'm like, I think you're crazy dad. Like, you know, I had, I had moved, like I did everything not normal. I had moved out of my house when I was 17 years old. Um, you know, right before I went to college, I was, it was the summer, it was the summer of my senior year. You know, I had older friends who were getting an apartment. They knew we were all going to the same school. They're like, Hey, do you want to, you want to get an apartment with us? I'm like, okay, cool. My, my mom's like, dude, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm, I'm moving out, mom. I'm, I'm out of here. You know, <laughs> and, um, you know, so I was, I was out of the house. I was 17 and, um, you know, at 19 years old, my dad was gotten a real estate. He was looking for, you know, he's like, Hey, you should, you know, get a place. I really didn't know anything about it, but you know, it was some crazy life lessons at an early age that showed me how you can get, you can build assets. Right. And a lot of people will say, well, a house is not an asset. Well, the way I did it, I made my house an asset. Um, you know, I, I bought super duper early. It was 1999 and, um, it was this three bedroom, uh, little duplex in a town called Collingswood, New Jersey. And if anyone is hearing this and is in the area back in 1999, Collingswood wasn't really anything. It was like a, a, a town where a uh, with all retired people. Okay. It wasn't this, 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 uh, you know, bustling time that it is today. Right. Um, so you I set the stage, you set the tone for this, this re, you know, resurgence and, and it's fun to see those old communities all of a sudden revive again. It was, it was amazing, you know, and I was a part of that and, um, you know, we bought and it was great. And my dad said, well, look, you know, uh, I bought the house was $55,000 and that it was like nothing and, um, a little fixer upper. And, you know, I, I learned, you know, I got my hands dirty, you know, got, got into it and I got some roommates and, you know, the mortgage was so cheap, but like the going rate for it, for, you know, an apartment those days was like 600 bucks. Right. So I'm like, okay guys, how about you give me 600 and you give me 600. Right. Well, at that point right now, my mortgage is only $550. Right. So, uh, you know, I was uh, doing okay. You know, I was doing okay. Um, a it, nice side gig. Well, yeah. And, and, you know, my, my friends, my roommates, you know, they, they didn't think any differently. They just thought that this is what it, what it was, you know? So for the very first time, at 19 years old, as a junior in college, it was like this epiphany. Wow, I can make money and not even have to work. Real estate is it, you know? And then, you know, I started going down that rabbit hole of getting this property with my father and getting that property. And then, you know, 2008 came and that kind of, you know, ended that, that, that dream. <laughs> but it was a good run. It was really, really a good run. And, you know, I had graduated college um, in 2001. And, um, I was like, okay, well, what am I going to do? I'm a performer. You know, I was already gigging. I was playing up and down the East coast. I was doing all these recording sessions with all these, you know, great artists. And, you know, as a side saxophonist, it was great. And, um, you know, I remember my, my parents always saying, well, you gotta, you know, you, you can't just be, you know, what else are you going to do? You can't just, you know, play your saxophone. I'm like, yeah, I can't be talking about it. Get out of here. Um, and you know, cause at the time, you know, the real estate was going good for me and I was playing my horn. I was just, I was living life, living my best life. And, um, you know, September in 2001, 9-11 happened. And, uh, I mean, geez, I mean, Annette, you know, the deal, they rocked they rock the world. And it, it kind of was a wake-up call for me. It kind of was like, okay, you know, Fabian, party's over. It's time for you to start adulting, right? And, you know, becoming a So a wake-up call for you, 9-11, which is kind of a wake-up call right now with COVID-19 for everybody again, right? Exactly. I mean, 
you can it, look at those bookends and you could mark that. So yeah, we'll go it, back to your wake up call at nine eleven. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's a time of reflection, right? You kind of um, start looking at things a little bit differently, and the things that you may have taken for granted are taking a little bit more seriously. So, you know, I had this this undergrad in education, so I decided to to start substitute teaching, and I actually fell in love with like helping little kids. It was really weird because. I just never, I did, there was no, like when I grow up, I want to be a teacher that never, that thought never, ever, ever. I, I'm surprised I lasted 15 years in education, to be quite honest. Um, you know, and then I got my break. I sub, I substituted for, for a few months and then one school, uh, it was actually a music teaching substitute job. The guy had a heart attack and it was supposed to be like a six week, um, like, Hey, you know, just six weeks and you know, this guy's coming back. Well, he never came back. You know, he's still living or maybe I, I don't know if he's still living today, but at the time he's still living. But at the time he retired, he retired, <laughs> he, he retired. And you know, at the end of that school year, I got offered a job, but I didn't even really have a teacher certificate. Like I had a music degree. So there was a program called alternate route Pro program in the state of New Jersey, where you could become a teacher if you went through X amount of classes, but they would pay you as a teacher in the meantime of going to these classes. And that's what I did, you know, and um, I freaking absolutely loved it. And, you know, if you talk to any of my students in that, I mean, like, like literally their, their biggest takeaway wouldn't be how I inspire them with my musicality or anything like that. Cause I did do that. We did have some really strong musicians and we did some really amazing things uh, with the kids. Um, but I think their biggest takeaway was, um, how I connected with them and how I treated them like little, you know, like people and, um, how I always was trying to pull the best out of them. Like for whatever reason, um, and that it always, like, I always knew that these kids were the next generation and if you don't treat them right, the next generation is going to suck. Right. So you need to, you know, treat them how you want to be treated. That was the kind of like my motto, like my, how I felt, you know, but that's how you treated me. And in this class, so I took this online course from Fabian, uh, a master class, and it was amazing. And so I, when you say that's how you, you treated these kids with respect and connection, of course you did. That's who you are. <laughs> and, and so, you know, why would I want to ask you to be a guest on my show? That is why, you know, it's, it's who Fabian Brown is. And Thank so... You. I love that. But because of that respect, because of that connection of how you treated them, I'm sure they gave you 110%. Oh, listen, uh, over, uh, I never had a problem with the student. And it's funny, all the, the, you know, quote unquote, the bad kids or whatever, I would just remember, um, you know, the other teachers having problems and issues with them and then me never having, and then me always like pulling aside, Hey, you know, what are you doing in Mr. Gentile's class? What you knock, knock it off, you know, like stop, stop treating him that way. He's a cool, you know, I remember like having these like little counseling sessions with the kids, you know, and I didn't have to do any of that. Right. But you know, they would, they would, kids would come to me and vent and the teachers would be like, Hey, listen, I know he respects you. Can you, can you talk to him for, for me? I'm like, okay, you know, <laughs> uh, I, guess I, I guess I could do that. Um, so yeah, so I taught, I taught for a gang of years, you know, uh, primarily in, in middle school. I love that age range, but I also taught in high school and elementary school. And, you know, right now I'm, a, I'm an adjunct professor um, at, at my alma mater at University of the Arts. I teach a, a business class there, a music business class there. Um, but it was sometime during my teaching um, in my early days, I met my wife. Well, I met my, my future, my future wife. 
Um, that's a kind of funny story. Uh, we both uh, lived. I love this story. <laughs> we, we both lived on the same street. And um, I would, re you know, I mean, I remember, I think her version is similar, but there's some, some, you know, Danielle has some differences in her version of her story. Someday uh, we'll get Danielle's version, <laughs> but, you know, today it's yours and then we'll compare. I love it. Um, but yeah, we, she, her dog would always run away from her house and would always come to my house because my dog was you know, in the yard, right? So I would always be bringing her dog back to her house. And every time, I swear, every time I brought this dog back to the house, there was another kid that answered the door or another person. It was always somebody different. I'm like, here's your dog. And then that would happen again. Here's your dog, but it'd be somebody different. I'm like, well, who, how many people live in this house, right? Um, and then, you know, fast forward a little bit. That was the first time I met her. And then fast forward a little bit, the across the street neighbor who was, who was Danielle's babysitter, um, was like, you know, you guys would make a cute couple. And she was like 14 or something like that. You guys make a cute couple and all that. I'm like, okay, get out of here, kid, you know. And I, you know, I had no interest. I mean, I was single. I was having fun. I was a musician. I was gigging out. Like I lived was like, again, that was like, I really didn't want a girlfriend. Um, you weren't ready to settle down. No, not at all. No, no, no. <laughs> I was having, I was having too much fun. And, um, you know, and then I remember she had pulled up in front of my house and then the across the street neighbor was like, that's her, go talk to her. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So, you know, I take this 14 year old advice and I go and, you know, start talking to Danielle and, you know, we hit it off and, and, um, I, I had invited her out on a date and, um, uh, I invited her out to one of my gigs is what I did. Right. Because like, if, if you can't, if you don't like my music and if you don't like the things that I'm doing, then it's not worth my time. Right. So it was like, a, I, I was sorting even then. Okay. And that I was, right. I was sorting people even then. Right. Cause you know, there's things that you love that you want, to make sure she loves it too. So you might as well figure it out right off the bat. Yeah. I mean, and, um, you know, as we, you know, are on this date, she, you know, starts telling me things about her past and her, you know, she's a domestic violence survivor from her ex. And, you know, she had six kids, you know, when I met her, she had two sets of twins and she had two kids in the middle, right? Like, you know, the, the book ends were uh. the twins and two kids in the middle. Her oldest was at the time, her oldest was 12. And her youngest was three. So she had 12 year old twins and then she had three year old twins. And then, you know, the kids in the middle. So and just a second. Mm -hmm. What a powerful, strong woman. She has to be. Thousand percent. To, to get out of that situation with six children. Her, I mean, her. it's one thing to just try to get out on your own, but she's got six children that she's thinking about here. It's, um, I don't watch Lifetime, but every time I tell that story and I'm talking to someone, she's like, your wife is like a Lifetime movie. I'm like, okay. Right. Uh, you know, that's the first time I heard that. And it, and it really is her, her journey. Um, um, you know, I'll let Danielle tell her, her story, but her journey is absolutely amazing and, um, strong strength, powerful, uh, fearless, you know, but it took a lot for her to get there. Um, right. It doesn't happen overnight. Does not happen overnight. No. So, you know, um, when I met, started, you know, getting serious with Danielle, a lot of, um, you know, I lost a lot of friends. You know, even even my parents were like, "Dude, what are you doing?" You know, um, at first, until they got to know her, and then you know, my parents absolutely love her. But you know, um, 
I don't know. I don't know. I'm a helper, right? I, I have I have no idea. You are a helper. There's something about her that um, I said, well, she's doing great. She was in school at the time. She was working like two freaking jobs at the time and taking care of her kids. And I was just compelled to like, wow, like you're doing all this by yourself. That is freaking amazing. Um, you know, as we started hanging out more, you know, I just w- would help. I would, you know, just doing little odd things, you know, hanging out with their kids and, you know, building you know, whatever, little like dressers or whatever that need to be built for her. You know, it's like a little, like small thing, you know. But you weren't rescuing her because no. she was already, she had already figured that. I mean, there's that journey in your healing. But she had come to a point of healing herself that she, she yeah. was strong. Yeah. She- and then you came in and you treated her with respect, just like you treated everybody else the rest of your life. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, it's not like you were coming in as, you know, you were just a good guy who does good things and sees something that needs to be done and just steps in and helps. Yeah, and I think that was the hook, right? You said it. I was, right. a, I was a good guy, and she wasn't used to um, or had experienced a lot of good guys in her life, you know, from you know from her own uh, father, you know, uh, to other male figures in her life, to her ex-husband, you know, et cetera. Right. So, um, right. yeah, you know, and, 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 you know, geez, that was 2001 when I met her. And so, yeah, we're going on, we're going on 20 years there. Yeah. We're, 19, years. Yeah, we're on 20 years. Yeah. Good for you. Yep. I was, Love I, was it. I was a little boy. Cause she was, she was, she's five years older than I am. So, you know, she rocked the cradle. <laughs> <laughs> But let's think about. It. So that was six. So we've got four more. Yeah, yeah. So you can't know, leave we, them out. No, we, um, you know, we dated for you know however many years, and uh, let's see, we got married in two thousand six. So I guess we dated for five years, and um, you know, I proposed to her. We were on a cruise. We took a vacation with some friends, and um, you know, I knew I wanted to, you know this is the one. And, um, you know, we proposed and she like, it was like that day she started planning the wedding. And I think we got married like eight months later or something crazy. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then after marriage, you know, comes more kids, but here's, here's something that I, that I did not tell you. So, um, so she had her tubes tied. So Danielle had, after child number five and six, after the, the twins, she had the, the I don't know what it's called, but the tubes tied, right? So she couldn't have any more kids. So for a couple years in our last years of dating, I was like, oh, I don't know. Like I want to have, not that those kids weren't my kids, but I wanted to have kids, right? And, right. you know, her tubes were tied. So she's like, well, you know, you know, I can get a tubal reversal. I'm like, really? You can even do that? I didn't even know that was a thing. You know, so we did all this research. Well, she did all this research and um, she found some doctors in in Tennessee that were like, you know, the United States highly most rated successful, you know, tubal reversal, blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, I think it was, I don't know, probably like almost, it was a lot of money. It was a lot of money for the surgery. And, um, you know, we we saved up for it. And, um, and, uh, you know, we went out to Tennessee. We made a little, little trip out of it. Like we went to go see Elvis and Memphis and it was, it was cool. And, um, yeah. And the doctor was like, okay, well you have an 80% chance to be able to have kids. We're like, okay. And, you know, so, you know, you have to wait a little bit before you start trying. We start trying and then she got pregnant and 
that one um, didn't hold it and carry, right? Um, so she lost that one, and we're like, okay, well, you know, maybe it wasn't, maybe it's not meant to be, no big deal. And then, um, you know, we stopped trying, you know, and, um, you know, God is good. And he blessed us with our first child uh, shortly after that. And then after Isabella was born, you know, maybe a couple years, she's like, oh, don't you want to have a son? I'm like, no, daddy's a little girl. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> and she's like, no, you want a son? And I'm like, well, I mean, if you can guarantee a son, then great. But you can't guarantee a son. <laughs> no so. guarantees, my yeah, friend. <laughs> um, and then, you know, you know, one thing led to another as things normally do. And then we got pregnant again. And I'm like, okay, it's long. It's like, get my boy. We'll be good. You know, you go to the, the ultrasounds and all the, you know, all the doctor stuff. And then I remember it's probably like 15 or 16 weeks into her pregnancy. We go for the thing and the doctor's like, you know, uh, or maybe it was a little bit sooner. I forget, but it was like, oh, congratulations. You're going to be the father of twins. And I'm like, what? Twins? But she, we, she already has, she, like, what are you talking about? Like, I can't twins. Like, you know, so then my, then my thought was, oh God, please at least let one of these, one of these twins be a boy. Please just let it be a boy. So, um, you know, a few weeks later, you know, we, we find out that indeed she is, she is carrying a boy and a girl, um, you know, set of twins and, you know, so we have our twins and then, you know, the munchkin comes along a few years after that. And then, uh, that's my other daughter, Danielle. So the twins are Gabby and Tony, uh, Gabriella and Fabian Antonio Brown, we call him Tony. And, uh, a few years after that, we had number, number 10. Uh, Daniela, and then we're like, all right, we're done. <laughs> we got it. We got to We got to We got to cut everything off. You know, so uh, we made sure the possibility. Yeah, snip, snip, snip. Possibility is no longer, no longer there, my friends. Sorry, ten kids, no problem is where it, it where it begins and ends. It's a nice number to end on. Yeah, it, you know, uh, just <laughs> because at one point, you know, those numbers are going to start increasing again, and the grandchildren. Right. It you know. Well, I, ha I you have, think it's. I do have a grandchild. I do have one grandchild. Yes. Yeah. Isn't so, it amazing? It's it's it, it is so fun. Yes. I just love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So that is who you are. <laughs> I mean, really, you are willing to just jump in. Yeah. You know, um, I'm I'm just I'm lucky. I'm fortunate. You know. Um, I'm blessed. I, I I don't know how other, what other way to say it. You know, she, you know, she really completes that missing piece of the puzzle. And, um, you know, things aren't perfect. Things aren't like, you know, rainbows and sunshine all the time. You know, it's just like any other dynamic or any other family. you got your ups and downs and all arounds, right? Um, but that's what kind of keeps you going forward. And um, But that's what brings the joy, really. 100%. If it was always... Yeah. rainbows, we wouldn't be seeing the rainbows No, because we wouldn't, it would just be, Oh, you know, another day. Yeah. But when you struggle and you work together, that's what really builds the, that love and the dynamics and creates, you know, makes things interesting. hundred percent for sure. And, you know, she's a great person and um, you know, her story again, just as an individual is, is significant. And what we're doing today together is um, nothing, nothing short than amazing. You know, she actually, um, she's in the domestic violence industry, right? So she is, um, I don't, her, her title is like a team coordinator, but essentially what she does is she trains volunteers to be first responders 
when the police get a phone call about a domestic violence dispute. So she has a training program that she does, and then she also trains uh, police officers in Camden County on how to utilize her company's uh, services. So she's on all lines. You know, she you'll see her in the courts advocating for for victims. You'll see her in the police departments. You know, and you know it's a stigma, right? You know, because you know the, the reality is you know, sometimes abusers can be the people who are in power. Sometimes the abusers can be that, that police officer. Um, but she doesn't, um, she doesn't take anybody's crap, you know, and she doesn't care. And she'll, she'll, she'll beat you up, man. You know, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to fight my wife. You know, (laughs) she'll, 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 you know, verbally. What I, what I love about Danielle is that she has taken her journey her experiences in life, those hard things and turn them into strengths and resources that she is then now paying it forward. She's a helper just like you, like I want to be to go forward and help others. She sees that pain. She's not going to stand by and let someone suffer alone and and in silence. She's going to, she's going to go in and help fight for them until they know how to fight for themselves. Because when you're beat down, you don't have that self-worth or that understanding that, you know what, I can do this for myself because you don't think you're worth anything. Gratefully, I've had an, I have an amazing husband who has always helped me see who I was. It's been hard. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, he hasn't, I, I don't, I was so blessed, so blessed. And now to see during all this COVID-19 crap, <laughs> those numbers of domestic violence cases and reports are skyrocketing. Yeah. And it is so, so sad. You know, um, sexual abuse is skyrocketing, domestic violence, um, you know, uh, the list goes on and on. The, the ripple effect the ripple effect of what's going on because of this, you know, both economically, emotionally, physically, I mean, it's really, really, really unfortunate. Um, you know, and that's why it's important to have people like Danielle, um, advocating and really doing her part to, to help other people. Right. So all of us, I mean, if we all can just get to the point where we're putting our best selves forward, right. Because we can't, if we can't help ourselves, we can't help others. So we have to have some self-care in our lives and we have to, you know, let ourselves off the hook. You know, we have to, you know, love ourselves. And then once we can do that for ourselves, that we can turn around and do that for, for others. But it starts with us first. And, you know, she has just gotten herself to the point where she can love herself and she can, you know, heal and she can do all these things so she can turn around and help others. Again, like it's not, it's not perfect. Again, I, I want people who are listening. It's not, um, <laughs> listen, it's, you're going to have some challenging days and some challenging times. The rain's going to come, right? Um, but just make sure you have your umbrella and you'll be fine. Okay, that is the best advice ever. And I've often said, you know, somebody will ask me how I'm doing, and I might use that same, I might say it's, you know, fair to partly cloudy, or it's pretty stormy today. But that doesn't mean, I think sometimes, at least for me anyway, I thought what was wrong? Because I thought I had figured this out. I thought I had healed 
But guess what? Just like you're saying, the rain is going to come. But because we've got those tools and we have already come, you know, made so much progress on our journeys, that rain doesn't destroy us. It, it, no, it shouldn't. We get wet. We yeah. might even get soaked. <laughs> right. But, you know, the sun's going to shine and so, and we can move forward and, and help others. And so that has been really one of the greatest tools that I have seen in my life is as I have turned and started reaching out to help others, the healing that's taken place in my life is just skyrocketed and propelled in, in uh, how quickly, you know, even though you have those triggers and those things, I, I recognize it. Right. It might be a day or two. It might be a week, but it's not years. Yeah. You, and that's you, the beauty. Yeah. And I think as well, and you know this as much as I do, it's the people that you surround yourself with. It's your circle of influence, right? You know, so um, it's, it's taken some time for me to really identify um, what people are, are serving me and what people are hindering and, and holding me back. And, um, you know, the older I get, the more wise I get, the more I, you know, good stuff I put in, I really start to choose, um, the people who are in my circle a lot more carefully. And I think we all are, I think we, you know, and, and it's not to say that you can't reach down and bring someone into your circle who, who needs, you know, some help. Um, it should be, it should be both, right. You know, it's, um, People should learn how to, you know, be a coach and, and people also should have a coach, right? Because sometimes we can't, there's an expression, you know, you can't read the label of the bottle that you're in. And, and that's really a hundred percent true. Right. Um, so some, we, we, we all need people no matter what stage or, you know, what level of influence we have, we all need people to lift us up. So you, you need to be that individual for other people as well. Um, but at the same time, you know, some people, um, they have to want to help themselves. And if they, that's the first step. If they don't want to help themselves, then, you know, that's, that's something that they have to figure out. Right. You can't force anybody into that healing journey. They, it, they have to be ready to help themselves. So I don't want to not really talk about this because you, you touched on it briefly about your, your nonprofit. Will you tell me that experience? You know, it's, it's 10 years old now. Yep, that's correct. And so how did it come about? It's uh, <laughs> uh, by someone asking me for help, you know, like everything else. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Heights in Progress is the name of the nonprofit. And, um, you know, one actually one of the teachers that I used to work with when we were teaching, we both taught at the same school. And... Um, you know, he's a great guy. He's a go-getter. He's an entrepreneur. You know, there's, we have a lot of similarities, you know, he, you know, he started his business. He had a, a mobile like vend, food vending business. I think he was like 22 years old or something like that. So, you know, we were both the teachers in the school who, yeah, we were teachers, but we also had like all this other stuff going on. Right. And, you know, fast forward, um, uh, I left the school district that I was teaching at for years. Administration had changed and I decided it was 
the leadership wasn't where, where, where it needed to be for me. So I had to go. And that was the same year that he was like, you know what? I'm done with teaching. I'm going. So we both, here's a crazy story, right? So his name is Joseph Gentili. And, um, I remember, you know, we were both kind of just like, we're not feeling this teaching thing anymore. Like, and it wasn't the kids. It was, it was the administration. And, um, he's like, dude, I'm, that's it. I'm resigning. I'm like, you're resigning. He's like, yeah, I'm just doing it. I'm just, I'm just taking, I'm doing it. We can do this. I'm like, Oh man, I don't know. Right. So he races resignation letter and he submits it in. And I'm like, Oh man, like, man, that guy has, that guy has, you know, he has, Oh, you know, he has courage. Uh And I, and I saw, and I thought about it, I thought about it. And I remember getting my, they called it like uh, your annual performance review. And the administrator, you know, um, had come in halfway through the year. So like, and dude, I mean, I had gotten teacher of the year. I have all these, all the parents. I mean, there was, there was nothing wrong with me. I was good. And, you know, so I'm going, I'm going into this annual review, like, okay, it's just another thing. Like, let me sign a piece of paper and get out of here. But the administrator ripped me up. I don't think you're professional. Is that, it still rings in my head. I'm like, oh my God, like, like, you don't think I'm professional. So I had, I said, well, well, what is it that I, you know, what makes you, you know, can you give me an example of what I did that wasn't professional? Well, well, you're putting me on the spot, Fabian. I'm like, well, I'm sorry. You're the administrator of the school that's telling, you know, an employee that you're not professional. Like, I want to be better. I want to be professional. Can you tell me what I did wrong? And can you tell me how to correct the things that I did? Because I'm looking for you for guidance and leadership. I was, just, I was like a, mm, you know, and I remember leaving that meeting so mad. I called Joe up. I said, you had that resignation letter? He's like, yeah. I'm like, can you email it to me? He's like, yeah, what's going on? I'm like, I'm resigning. He's like, what? I'm like, dude, here's what I did. Uh, and I, here's what I did. I took his resignation letter. I deleted his name off the top. I put my name on the top and then I submitted. I didn't even freaking read the thing. It could, it could have said whatever. And, and, and that <laughs> probably was the most unprofessional thing I've ever done in my life. Um, but but um so yeah so that's that's the day i resigned so anyhow that segues to him starting this this um this nonprofit. And it wasn't a nonprofit at, at at the beginning it was um he wanted to start a local farmer's market and i said dude that's a that's cool that's such a great idea good luck and he's like no 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 no. i want you to help me i'm like joe what the hell are you talking about i don't i, I farmer's markets are cool but i don't know the first thing about starting a farm like i have no idea he's like dude it'll be fine shake hands kiss some babies maybe we get some music in there <laughs> and i'm like okay politicians yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> this guy he's a shark he's such a shark um so you know he convinces me that i have the chops to start a, a farmer's market with him and i totally don't but we we pulled it off we, we we found six vendors we found two farmers like local farmers in the community um and we found some you know ancillary you know vendors that sold some products and it was a hit the town that we did it in they loved it it was well received and like okay we tested this market out let's really do it so that next season we we went from six vendors so i think I don't know, like 17 or 18 vendors and then like to this day we have 40 we have 40 vendors um you know and we're like a little entrepreneur incubator right we really help people and it's not just farmers of course we have farmers we have all these other vendors that have all these other types of products and it's like business coaching that's how i fell in love with coaching businesses right business owners because um you know it was a position where 
you have this individual in person who really doesn't know what they're doing. They have a good product or they have a good idea, but they just don't have a way to market themselves. They don't have an audience. They don't know how to get traffic. So literally our farmer's market became a venue where, you know, a pop-up venue on a weekly basis where, you know, these, these entrepreneurs would come in, they would set up their little boots and little tents, you know, and um, they would display their products and we would coach them like, well, you know, that looks good, but look at this one over here. Don't you think you should, you know, a little bit better. And like, you know, don't sit down all the time. You got to make conversations. Where's your email list? And we would like, it was like business coaching one-on-one for these like, you know, vendors. And, you know, I got to say, some of them have went on and now they have brick and mortar businesses and they're doing great. You know, some of them kind of fall off to the wayside. Of course, not everyone's a, right. you know, a hit, but, you know, and 10 years going, you know, it's, it's, you know, we start, we, our farmer's market starts next week, uh, this Sunday, this Sunday, as a matter of fact, May 10th, Mother's Day. Um, it starts this week. So, um, you know, we're excited to get into this season. It's a little bit different with COVID-19. We're doing a, a drive-through market. The last, uh, man, the last, you know, two to three weeks has been insane with getting all the prep, you know, essentially we've, uh, we've positioned all the vendors now to have an e-commerce business. We like all the people who couldn't even freaking answer an email, you know, three weeks ago. Now we've positioned them to have an online store where people can pre-order their items. It's, 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 uh, we're getting press. We're getting, you know, a lot of, a lot of good things are happening, but again, Annette, how does that start? Sorry. UPS is here. It's either UPS or Amazon prime or FedEx always every day dropping off. A package. It's life. It's life. It's real life. Um, but yeah, it was, so, it was. It's great. Well, no, I love that. But again, you know, you've learned to pivot. Mm-hmm. And how do you help individuals improve? They want to improve, then they need to do it. This, you know, then you know, follow the steps, and I'll help you yep. get to the next level or do it. I think we're all having to learn to pivot and to do things differently. You know, one of the things that I have absolutely loved about the courses that you've, that I've taken from you is you don't just tell me how you explain the, the why, the reason, the philosophy behind it working because you freely give the house away. You know, you need to do this, this, and this, and this. Well, unless I learn how to do this, 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 and this, you know, it's, it's in one ear and out the other. Well, but because- I've learned, sorry to cut you off, I've, I've learned just to that point that you can give someone the blueprint. You can give them the directions. You can give them the, this is step one, step two, step three. Doesn't mean they're going to do it. Like you can give everything away. Like I'm telling you, like here's all of my secrets. And just because you know them doesn't mean that you have the, the skills to apply them. And, and in my experience, people need need to be their hand held a little bit in order in order to get, you know, you, you wouldn't, you know, listen, when when a baby's learning how to 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 walk, you know, you just don't say, figure it out, kid. You got, go ahead, you can do it. Here's this video that shows you how to you know, you don't you don't do that. You have to grab them by the hand. And you have to help them learn to, to take those wobbling steps. Uh, adults are the same way. And that adults and people, we're, we're, we're the same way. Just uh, it's not helping them to walk. It's just helping them to do the things that, and the goals that they have, you know, the things that they want to do. Which has been fantastic, really, to do this. And, and in our show notes, we're going to put links to these courses that uh, Fabian teaches. It is worth every penny you're getting a screaming deal if you if you purchase into this this uh, course for me you know i kind of happened across it in a roundabout way but then 
you reached out to me and said, I want to see you succeed. Can I help hold your hand through this so that we can, you know, help you succeed? Right. And and maybe beta test some new systems and some new courses. And I'm of course I jumped at it. I got so much more out of this than I ever dreamed of. And it's been amazing, but they're life lessons. You know, I might have been looking at this to how do I bring in qualified leads? How do I, you know, market Karen the load and myself and these other business opportunities? How can I help more people? But what you taught me was way more than that. And, and so, you know, I am so grateful. And, and really my listeners should be very grateful too, because the things that you've taught me is going to reflect hopefully in the things that we do at care of the load. I, I think you're, you're on, you're on your way. Um, and the world needs more people helping one another to be quite honest in that. Like, um, you know, I think about the, the roster of musicians, you know, four, 400 musicians we have at the record label, um, who are nonstop in contact with me, um, you know, asking for advice, asking for help. What do you think about this and that and the other thing, you know, um, the countless vendors at this farmer's market, countless kids in my house that are asking for help. You know, my wife that is asking for help, friends and, and family that are asking for help, um, the good thing is people are asking, right? But a closed mouth, a closed mouth doesn't get fed. So, you know, if there's a listener out there that needs the help, they just have to ask. They just have to ask the right people for for the help, and they'll get, and they'll find it. They'll get the help. You know, if they're looking for it, you know, people tend to find what they're looking for. Right. That's exactly right, and and that's what really what Karen the Lot is all about. You know, I I think I've already told you this, but in case I haven't. I am where I'm at today because I asked for help. I'm where I'm at today because I started watching. I'm a people watcher and I'm thinking, okay, what, why are they successful? What's making them, you know, tick? Cause I know this and I know that, but what can I implement in my personal life? Cause I want to be happy and I want to help other people. And, you know, I think some of us are born with that DNA of, of just wanting to be that, that helper. But I know we can't do it alone. That's right. We can't. And really, honestly, the joy comes in helping others. So just in closing, Fabian, what would be, what, if you had a takeaway, your one takeaway for every, I think you, you know, you kind of gave it just a second ago. Eight, you know, you've given a lot of takeaways, but what would that one takeaway be? You know, um, that's a great question. The one takeaway, um, something that I may not have said uh, during this, during our time here, um, is to have patience and to have faith. I think that um, our society, you know, it's like a microwave society. People want instant results right away. And um, that's not how the real world works, right? You have to have a little, a little patience. And, you know, in regards to having faith, you know, like things are not always going to be easy. And even when you want something to go your way, it may not go your way. 
But that doesn't mean you give up and that doesn't mean you stop having faith that it will happen for you. So I think if you can balance those two things, having faith, having patience first, right? Having patience and then really having faith, um, I think you'll be better off. And then all the other stuff that I talked about will fall into place. But those are the two like pillars, right? Those are the two fundamental things. Um, just be very, very patient for those results that come. You got to put the work in, right? You got to reach out for help. You got to, you got to do it. But at the same time, um, while you're having patience, you got to have faith. You can't live in fear. Thank you. I, you know, what great advice. I have loved this time together. And I know that our listeners are, this is going to be a favorite. We'll just chalk it up. We already know that's going to happen. So Fabian Brown, thank you very much. And for those of you, thanks for joining us for this episode of Care in the Load Community. This episode is brought to you by Karen About Health, our sister site for tips on wellness and gut health. Also, continue following us on Facebook and Instagram over at Karen The Load, where we create opportunities to inspire, grow, and connect with each other. We're better together. Take care. Bye, guys.